For the past couple of Fridays, we've been spending time talking with friends, chopping it up about parenthood, pop culture, uh, everything in between. Sometimes it's been serious. Sometimes it's been introspective. And a lot of times we've been laughing a lot. So these are just some highlights from three of the past sessions. And we're going to continue to do the Friday vibes on Fridays, 12 to 12.30 p.m. West Coast time. So if you want, please hang out with us and hit us up if you're interested in getting us the link. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Anton. Hi, Art. I don't see anyone. I'm on my phone because my my students are using my Zoom to color together okay. <laughs> while we're not in class. So. Oh, thanks for uh, coming on. <laughs> this is recording, but we don't have to have rec- we don't have to keep this. <laughs> we don't okay. have to identify you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, that's their We're... free time right now. So okay. it's okay. Like I'm I'm surprised that kids want to stay on Zoom longer <laughs> than uh... needed. They're so cute and they're very creative, just like being <laughs> able to play. The other day I w- I told them I have to go let my dog out. When I came back, they all had like swords. <laughs> they were like <laughs> playing Power oh, Rangers or something. <laughs> oh, they were sword fighting through <laughs> like... Zoom. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. It's really cute. <laughs> they hide adorable. and seek. They like make <laughs> each other pictures and show them in Zoom, you know, or like the beginning of class, they'll raise their hand and be like, I want to stay after. <laughs> like, it's really interesting. Yeah. Just how they, they really need that socialization if their parents are just working all day, you know, there, but in a different room. It's, it's yeah. nice. I can see them right now. They're like showing each other pictures that they're coloring. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> cute. You guys going back to uh, go ahead, Art. Okay, I was gonna ask Lisa. You guys going back to uh, in-person school? Yeah, you know, uh, my older kids are in private school, so they've been back since the fall. But then my youngest one started public kindergarten, and um, today he was trying to stay home. (laughs) It was like, I feel well. I know. I'm like, no, you gotta go. He didn't have a fever. He just, he stayed up all night because um, my daughter built a fort in his bunk bed with, with like glow lights <laughs> and like nice. couldn't sleep all night. So yeah. Yeah. My, my three are about to go next week. So mm-hmm. trying to, you know, re um, get them back to like a regular sleeping program, waking <laughs> yeah. program, like, oh man. And plus <laughs> like, you know, we have to do the same thing. We're like, okay, well. Let's figure out how to get this done. But I think it's they're only gonna be going for like maybe two and a half hours, I think. Mm-hmm. Still kids gonna, so it's gonna be like a um, the hybrid program. They increase the capacity. So everyone who was planning to go in class is gonna be there Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday, everyone's going to be um, distance. Uh, and that's gonna be like the first half at the school and then come home and then finish off um you know like uh at home they're like them just learning on on their own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah my daughter uh started this week actually so she mm-hmm. it's hybrid and she still does zoom uh for the first part of the day from 8 30 to 12 and mm-hmm. then from 1 30 to 3 20 she's in school uh four days a week so mm-hmm. basically the same days that she's in zoom school she also is able to go uh in person and she loves it 
to you missed our it's just seeing what like making friends and i remember benjamin saying mommy when the virus is gone can i make a friend mm. <laughs> so bad yeah. but now now he has this friend he goes to her house after school every day and he just like doesn't want to come home like i think you know, <laughs> i don't know he, he's only been playing with like 11 year olds and he's a kindergartner <laughs> so. yeah it's funny like asking my kids like hey who wants to go back to school one of them was like I want to stay here. I want, I want to distance learn forever. Okay, you're going back to school. <laughs> you need to go. <laughs> yeah. Not the, nor- the normal we want you to get used to. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I think my daughter was really excited to meet her teacher yeah. you know, in person. I think she was more excited about that than her actual friends, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's the one for us too. It's like our teachers are phenomenal. So we're like, it kind of, you know, we want them to meet, kind of see each other in person because, you know, like next year, if they don't see each other this year, they know each other by mm-hmm. face through video, but not really that personal contact. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to make sure they kind of, you know, um, get to know them a little bit better. Not that they don't drink video, but it's just a different feeling when it's in yep. person. It's just like adults with Facebook and you see someone at uh, like Safeway and you go, <laughs> I know that person, but I, I don't want to say hi because I don't really know them. <laughs> yeah. Or I know them on Instagram. <laughs> I know we're related somehow. And <laughs> One of my daughter's friends said hi to her like earlier this week. And she was like, I don't remember who you are <laughs> because there was like a mask and she changed her appearance from last year. She, I mean, when she was in kindergarten, you know, she moved to a different class in first grade. So they had no contact at all since that, I guess, literally since last year. So she's like, who are you? <laughs> hey, Lisa, yeah, it's I have be- a question for you um, mm-hmm. since you're like a TK teacher. So my son, uh, mm-hmm. Ellis, he's going to, be in TK in the fall. Okay. But uh, last March, we pulled him out of his preschool or his daycare uh, because, and he's just been home. There hasn't really been any, I guess, instruction, you know, mm-hmm. since he's been home. Are you yeah. worried that some of the kids that you're going to have in the fall are going to be in that situation as well? Um, I, uh, no, I mean, TK is an interesting year because like some kids will come in um, knowing all their phonics letter, you know, every um, letter and, you know, being able to add and some will not be be able to write their name, you know, so it's like, and same thing for kindergarten. So actually TK is just, uses the same standards as learning standards as kindergarten. So it really is like this bonus year of kindergarten where Mm. they, I mean, for our schools that I've worked in, it's, they really more focus on um, socialization, you know, like being able to share, manage your emotions, um, you know, being able to sit and listen on the carpet (laughs) for more than, you know, five minutes, um, things like that. And like the thing that I really love, because I used to teach high school English for eight years. And then I like teaching TK. It's just really interesting to see the huge jumps in development and learning just like month to month, you know, by the spring, they're all able to write a sentence, you know, (laughs) even if they all came in different ways. So I'm not too worried about it. You know, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of parents I have in my class are 
stressed out about their kids being behind. But I'm like, you know, we're all behind together. So you're not really behind. <laughs> That's me. That's me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. If you're like reading to your kids when you can, <laughs> um, you know, like singing to them, pointing out words. Like I just tell parents, like, don't worry. Like right now, I just need to worry about their emotional um, health right now. Um, but I know it's hard because like some parents will be like, well, I can see that other kid is like reading the whole morning message, you know, like, why is my kid can't read one word, you know? Um, so Shout I know out to it, Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's those. Uh, uh, it's just like everyone it's really just interesting just to see how everyone comes in and then the same thing will happen in kindergarten like your child will have gone through tk and then there will be a kid who had no preschool no tk right. starting you know so um don't worry <laughs> don't worry okay Okay. Appreciate that, Lisa. It calls back to some of our, uh, we did a bunch of virtual tours for Oakland schools because it's by choice um, or by ranking system. Mm -hmm. And then there are people already asking, this is for TK and kindergarten in particular. I know they were asking for other school, like elementary school later on down the road, but asking about homework and all these other things and STEM classes. And we're thinking, we're looking at ourselves, we're like, we just want them to be like confident and enjoy school and want to be there with people and be safe and um, like all the learn for us it's like all the learning in terms of those skills will will come. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I, you know, talking from a place of privilege in a sense too, because both Hung and I went to many years of school, so we are you know, and we could speak English and we could you know do all that. I just don't want them. You know, it's, it's just we just want them to be happy. I want him to be happy and confident and willing to explore and stuff like that you know yeah yeah so I have some kids that are you know in TK and they're like doing Kumon already and you know doing wow. their extra classes and and like when I look at my my kids who are in in um, private school when they entered kindergarten there was like not even a focus to be able to read by the end of kindergarten it was really like by the end of first grade um, in the private school. So it's really just interesting to see the different approaches and what different people of different backgrounds worry about in terms of education. Um, I just feel like a, an educational anthropologist in San Francisco right now. <laughs> There's just so many interesting uh, like charters and private and play-based and non-academic based, you know, just like so many different approaches. I want to pick uh, your brain at some point further. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. And I'm always like conflicted about being a public school teacher and having my kids in private school. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a constant conversation I'm having with myself and others. <laughs> Lisa, what are your feelings about charter schools? And because I'm not, because my, my kids are in a charter school. Yeah. And yeah. I'm being, hearing some horror stories and like, you know, a bunch of different things about them. I'm like, I don't see that with ours. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I'm just like, yeah. I think there's, um, I know that, I know why there's reasons for, I mean, I know the reasons behind some charter schools where, you know, like the parents have really decided they want a certain focus for the school and, you know, it's really like community led. Um, I interviewed at a school um, that was, that was like that, like um, it was all like kind of organized by the parents and and the teachers you know and then there's also like the for-profit charter schools where I have seen some things like where 
you know, it's just all about standardized, standardized tests and, you know, not really about um, what the parents want or what the teachers wanted. They're like forced into it. Like if their school got taken over by a for-profit charter, you know, um, I, I understand the, the need for lots of different kinds of schools. Um, it is hard for me right now to like judge anyone, any parent who is just trying to do the best thing for their kid, you know, but um, yeah, I'm always having those conversations about, well, what is for the greater good and like what harm are we doing to communities by not having our kids in public schools? Um, like just to be honest, like I'm always having those conversations, even though I continue to put my kids <laughs> in private school. I, I, you know, I, I've been also kind of reflecting on um, my unintentional moments of speaking from privilege and also, um, you know, accidental racism or, or mm -hmm. you know, um, so, you know, it's been talking about like the searching for schools and um, is checking in with a neighbor, um, multi-generational home, um, black family. And I was talking about school and talking about public school and we have a public school down the road that we totally would have been fine with Malcolm going to. Oh, and this is, um, you know, this is within the context of like people ranking schools and a lot of it become ties down to like uh, test scores. And that isn't a big thing for Hung and I because understanding the nuances of it or maybe assuming the nuances of it is kind of, um, anyway, it's biased towards families and schools that have uh, generational education that have, um, English language learning and have money for Kumon and other things, right? Um, so I was just saying, yeah, I would have been down for uh, Malcolm to go down to school down the road, but we, we, we weren't able to get a virtual tour with him and we're just concerned about the stability, all legit. And um, I'm like, yeah, Hung and I both went to public school and then she had mentioned it. Two of my eldest, they're all adults. Two of my eldest went to public school here in Oakland. Um, for my youngest, we, we put him in private school. and. Um, her saying that they kind of just wanted to, um, for once, for one of the kids, just kind of have an easier route. Um, and I kind of like uh, felt really kind of sheepish about that and kind of like self, um, uh, had a lot of self-reflection on when I talk about hung in my confidence in putting Malcolm, um, an Asian, you know, presenting kid in public school, it's totally different from like, black kids or latinx kids um mm. because of all the other systems that are going on in schools yeah yeah it's interesting actually like in our in our private school because it can operate with its own rules they actually are more diverse than the public schools in our neighborhood because they uh, have a dei person you know that they have resources set aside to recruit and make sure that the population is diverse you know it's interesting yeah. different so different than when we grew up <laughs> it's just like yeah, oh no yeah. the school it's right here <laughs> i know <laughs> right and yeah. then now we, we know more and choice is a gift and a curse yeah yeah i won't say a curse it's a gift and um, problematic <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well thanks for logging on thank before you before we go before we leave um I'm just curious what you put for your answer for your registration. Oh, wait, I'm not sure if you, you didn't register through Facebook, Lisa. The um, <laughs> Art, you did. My um, registration yes. question on Facebook was, 
uh, are you coming? And also, who's your favorite new kid? You know, it's always Jordan. I mean, Jordan, of course. <laughs> but Jordan. no, um, <laughs> I didn't see that question because when I uh, submitted to um, uh, reserve a spot, it just kept on rolling. Oh, and then okay. it, it never went anywhere. So, okay. <laughs> I know Lisa's answer, and you you two won't, but I already know Lisa's answer. Joey. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was... Jordan or Joey. <laughs> Anton. <laughs> if you were to answer that question and to register, if you have a direct link. I would say it's probably Donnie. Oh. Because he I had that... That banger slow jam with Seiko. Oh, right. What was it called? The right combination. Right combination. Yeah. You and me. Also, he killed it. Bruce Willis in the Sixth Sense. Um, spoiler, spoiler alert. From a movie from 1999. 1999. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, that's a dollar. It's all, it's he, all about please killed. don't go girl, man. That's that's the jam. <laughs> That was I said I, that was I said Joey just because you know like um, who's your favorite new kid is also you know part of the Mallrats um, experience um, with Shannon was it was was his name Shannon <laughs> the, um, the Ben Affleck's character in that um, I think so I haven't seen it in so long I like, who's your favorite new kid? I... Joey say Joey <laughs> <laughs> I never really got into those movies for some reason. <laughs> Well, now it's going to be like, I don't know why. like an artifact because our kids don't go to malls. <laughs> I know. Oh, now's true, the time to watch true, it. True. This is what true. people used to do. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Actually, I took my kids to a mall the other day. And, you know, they haven't been out in like a year. They're, they were like, they thought it was like Disneyland. They were like riding escalators and like squealing and they were so excited i'm like oh my gosh you guys need to get out <laughs> yeah i took my kids to target for the first time for like a year since since COVID 19 and they were just like wow it's like so much stuff here i was like you've been to target before it's like yeah i don't remember i was like damn all right <laughs> this yeah. is the food aisle <laughs> <laughs> i have to get going sorry as my lunch no. is over thank you lisa good thank you for you, spending lisa. your time it's been, it's been a while Hi, it's so good to see you. Sorry if I talk too much. Okay. No, it was super. Um, you're, you're good. Yeah. Okay. All good. Take care. Please Bye. don't go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you guys, uh, did you guys talk about like the uh, Wonder Years? Not yet. How the Wonder Years was basically in the 80s, talking about the 60s. Mm-hmm. So if the Wonder Years is going to happen now, it would be about the 2001. And you're like, whoa, that's kind of crazy thinking about that. I think it would be relevant, too, because, you know, the Wonder Years, a big piece of it was the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah. 2000s was the, well, continuing right now, but the the war in the Middle East. Right, right. It's kind of just kind of thinking about, because, like, back growing up, you're like, you know, the parents owed all these music. And the music that parents listened to, listen to the 80s and 90s, that's, like, older than when we were growing up. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. I'm like, man, we're getting old. <laughs> well, I want to shout out for, for age-wise, um, uh, Shock G, who 
Rest in peace, Shock G. Humpty Rest Hump. in peace. Gregory Jacobs. I mean, that definitely hit different for me uh, with regard to the previous rappers who have passed recently, right? Like DMX, mm-hmm. Black Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, Digital Underground, you know, definitely a soundtrack of growing up, particularly here in the Bay Area and probably other places for folks who live in other places as well. But um, I really didn't know how much of a musical genius he was until pretty recently when there was this Netflix uh, docuseries called like Hip Hop Evolution or something like that. So during the Bay Area episode, he was featured as one of the folks who was talking about uh, hip hop's history in the Bay Area and just like his like sound bites were super introspective and you can definitely tell that he knew his shit, right? And then on Facebook, I actually just reshared something that I saw about how he's like analyzing the flows of like Nas and like Slick Rick, Humpty Hump, and then also like Biggie and Tupac. And then it's just a really small piece. Like it's a small sound bite, but you could tell that he has analyzed it and is very uh, introspective about like rappers and, you know, where they fit in and stuff like that. And particularly musically, right? So pretty cool. I remember um, there's a, every, from in junior high, we used to walk home and then there was always this like, uh, this um, convenience store, Bonfair in Fremont on the way home. And I would have like, maybe once a week, it would be $2 in my pocket. <laughs> and $1 of it would go to a, a bottle of Welch's grape soda. And then the other dollar would go to some kind of pro set uh, collect, uh, tra- trading cards. So it could have been football. At the time, they were also doing golf, um, golf sets, right? But they also did the Yo! MTV rap set. And I remember nice. getting, yeah, I got some some things from Digital Underground. And at some point, maybe it was, that was like seventh or eighth grade. And maybe in high school, we were looking at the pictures. You know, we didn't have internet, right? Back then to get this information, we'd have to get it through the source or like by word of, I was looking at the pictures and the pictures. The source wouldn't... magazine? Yeah, the source. Oh, got it. In paper, rap pages, actual, <laughs> that the, um, or the radio, that the, um, the pictures of Digital Underground, you'd have Shock G looking at the camera and then you just have like a, a profile of Humpty, right? And then um, if it was showing Humpty, then you'll you'll have a Shock G kind of looking away. Because I didn't at the time I didn't realize they were both the same person until you look looking at those pictures and you go. And I think it was a revelation. <laughs> the friends were like, "Dude, I think they're the same person." Um, <laughs> you know that back then it just like blew your mind that totally this dude is like wrapping both parts and then watching the video the humpty humpty dance video yesterday i was like 
wait a minute, they're like in the same shot, but then, you know what I mean? And then like, you kind of see, okay, that's not really him when he's Humpty. So, okay, that's cool. <laughs> nice, nice tricks. <laughs> yeah, I remember cool. uh, one of my biggest digital underground memories is when I was a senior and then we were DJing like a sophomore only party at our school, which is Catholic school. And then uh, I decided, I don't know why, to play like Freaks of the Industry at a Catholic school event, Catholic school dance. Uh, it was the clean version, but, you know, the content is not clean. Um, or the, you know, the themes aren't clean. So then uh, I think the dean, one of the co-deans, walked up to me and she was just like no more uh please stop this song oh she was way more firm and she said no more arm under her toe under her you know and i was just like okay i changed it really fast speaking of that song it's a favorite memory from you know in, in our private um group zoom chats about um the line about vanessa not the one with the singer in career but the x-rated video queen um that brought some funny drama in our apartment household back in uc davis um that we still laugh at now although you know one of the main two a couple of the main people involved in that story we don't really talk to as much anymore but let's just say thank you thank you to our homie humboldt for always taking the the misdirected anger for for the team <laughs> that's good stuff man that's like that's like memory will come up every one at least once a year <laughs> maybe more i mean i've heard that story multiple times and i was i didn't go to college with you guys so it's now like uh, integrated into your like memory bank and go i was there too right? yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> i felt like i was there So uh, I was fully vaccinated yes, two weeks uh, out yesterday, and uh, yeah. Art and I had a mandate yesterday. Uh, I was nice. in Sacramento oh, cool. uh, for work, and uh, we had some long-awaited Brazilian barbecue indoors without masks, sharing food. <laughs> we went all out. <laughs> that was a lot of meat, man. That was a lot of meat. Did you, you pass your three weeks for full vaccination? Yeah. Nice. Congratulations. A little surreal. It was nice to, you know, eat indoors without a mask, um, vaccinated. It was still kind of weird, though, because, you know, it's been so long, but it was like, hey, you know what? Um, We've done what we could, and we're still, it was still like, you know, if you were eating, you would take your mask off, but then if you were in the bathroom or pick up some other food, then you put your mask on walking around the restaurant. So it seemed really well laid out and the people who were eating there seemed pretty respectful so that was that was a good feeling you already have your you already got your second shot right i i did johnson johnson because i wanted to be one oh, yeah. of them so yeah did you have any uh did you have any side effects uh nothing severe it was most hung, hung and i well i took tylenol i didn't want to rough it hung decided to rough it uh but it was pretty much just being like knocked out maybe a little bit of like um a little bit of uh, 
chills here and there, but um, I was pretty good after like 10 o'clock the next day. You got Moderna or Pfizer? Moderna. And it like the second shot kicked my ass, man. Yeah. I was, felt like I got hit by a car, fevers, chills. I was out for like a day and a half. I think by the uh, second day in the afternoon, I was, uh, I was back to normal, but it was a rough, uh, rough, go, rough day. Yeah. After. I was with Hung, man. I, I roughed it. Had Moderna. Same thing, yeah. chills, everything. But I figured it was like, it really hit me at 6 p.m. Mm. And I was like, well, I'm going to go to bed anyways. I might as well just, you know, lay down and just relax. Yeah. So I roughed it, kind of woke up a couple times during the night, yeah. checking temperature. Uh, yeah. But the next morning, I was feeling better. Just a slight headache, but it wasn't so bad. Yeah, yeah I roughed it with Moderna. Good on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, nah. Oh, like, no, I wanted to... Um... I picked Dennis's brain about his um, life as a DJ. Well, it definitely was uh, easier to balance <laughs> in the last year, right? Yeah. I think that's kind of a uh, I think uh, yeah, the last year was it was nice actually just, just to slow things down and uh, um, to spend more time with the family, right? I think uh, things were yeah. Before the pandemic, things were it was hectic. Uh, shows like almost every other weekend, and uh, kids' activities, and yeah. But you know, like always, always, you know, regardless of whatever event or thing I had, I always made it a point to make sure I, I don't let it affect whatever family events that we have. Yeah, right? yeah, and, yeah. If, and if it does, it's uh, you know, then that, you know, I'd opt out of uh, doing something. Um. So, yeah, Dennis well, is kind of kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if deal. you know this, but Dennis is kind of. A big deal. <laughs> you know this, but Dennis is kind of a, a big deal. <laughs> well, I'll shout out my cousin because he, he's a big deal because we've heard his uh, for at least for the podcast we've heard one of his beats since the, almost the beginning since he donated a beat to us for our theme nice. song. Oh, that's yeah. all you. Yeah, that's a that's amazing beat, man. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad, it, you know, it, it went somewhere because, you know, a lot, of, I feel like if you're an artist, a lot of your projects just like, just don't share a lot of it for, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah we have a, a, a bunch of unreleased stuff that we haven't even shopped to any record labels. We're just, we're just sitting around like, oh, I gotta, gotta get these out. There is that piece about like, the, the connection to your to your artwork and stuff and then if like no one's like connecting with it or responding to it like you know there's a little bit of a emptiness there for at least for some creators right not not all creators want their stuff to be engaged with but like other people do right in the last probably six months of the pandemic it was a little harder to find like the motivation and like inspiration to to keep up um musically right uh right before the pandemic you know i was you kind of get into a routine of digging for music and putting together um, sets and uh, kind of just and, and, and producing stuff. Um, and you get in this flow and then when the, all of that went away, right? And then the, kind of the, the live streams were going, that, you know, that was good. And then it kind of just got old. Like, I, you know, we stopped yeah. doing consistent live streams and it was just, uh, you know, it was just kind of hard to find. So I'm here in Manhattan. I ended up, you know, for 
like three years, I was filming every Saturday for this uh, dance group um, called Choreo Lounge. And on the side, I was doing like engagement shoots, um, just and other just creative work around the city. And then the and then you know lockdown happened here in New York, and it was pretty serious for a while. And then you know I'm sure you know COVID brings out all varying degrees of I guess caution between people. You know, I didn't, you know, there was no dance classes, right? You know, those th things like that just stopped. So a lot of, like a big portion of my photography and video editing projects like disappeared basically. And then a lot of people move, and then a lot of people in that network also moved out. Mm. You know, artists, artists had to leave the city. There's no work. Right. I think a lot of right. people moved home and other people moved on. Other people, you know, I've seen, I've seen other DJs, they've become like real estate agents during the time people have transformed yeah. and adapted to find other ways to um, supplement you know, their income. Yeah, I would love to get out and shoot again and, and you know, and, and do more stuff. Um, so maybe this summer that'll change because I honestly really didn't shoot much at all unless, you know, other than taking my camera to like a family function. Well, you were able to capture some of the, the protests. Yeah during the summer when all the, all that media coverage of, of the protests were happening. Yeah. I could hear it every night and there's like, and the, you know, businesses were closed. Like there was nothing to do at night. So when people were out um, protesting, you would, you would know what's happening. Hey, Art, did you, how was your creative process? I mean, there's a time when you were getting really into woodwork. It was hard. Only because like <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a wood shortage for a while, oh, right. and then trying to avoid going to like you know Home Depot or the big box stores, uh, just because you know COVID nineteen. So I'm just kind of like okay, well let me see what I have in the house that I haven't finished yet. So I still have like that uh, outdoor table. Well, it's an outdoor table now that I'm going to be finishing off. There's some creative differences between myself and uh, my wife. <laughs> I told Art to, to pick up a PS5. Uh, I've Ooh. been spending my spare time now playing a lot of Call of Duty. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, part of my creativity time that I lost last year was um, this the big uh, black hole of Animal Crossing. I think a lot of people actually ended up playing games. Yeah, even myself included. Honestly, the last time I really, the last games I was addicted to were uh, StarCraft and uh, Counter-Strike. Mm. And oh, I man. was really not a big gamer like since yeah. then. So playing a lot of Super Smash Bros with uh, me and my girlfriend, and then nice. we got our friends, you know, playing online. And you know, it was no one wanted to see each other at that point. Um, but we would all just spend, I guess, like Friday night or Saturday night just playing tournaments online against each other. Nice. And I, I definitely uh, upped my skills a lot <laughs> during that time. <laughs> If you do have a Switch or any console, I ended up buying the port, the remake, or the new version of um, Streets of Rage, which was one of my favorite games on Sega Genesis. So if you're if you're looking for uh, some old school arcade game throwback memories, and that nice. that, sh that could be something to check out. I haven't played anything. Just watching the kids. I've been playing this Bowser Bowser Junior game. Mm. So that's been playing on the Switch. Yeah, I've been playing with their cousin. So it's nice that. We're at an age where, you know, being able to play online is not what it was before. It's like, it's, it's amazing how they're just playing. It seems like they're in the same room together. 
but we're playing this game called Yonder the Cloud Catcher, which is an independent game. Because I wanted to get him something that didn't involve like shooting or punching or <laughs> anything particularly like um, violent. On the other end, the Marvel 2 Lego, where he could just blast lots of things and it just happens to be Lego toys. Speaking of Marvel, have you guys watched the, uh, was it Falcon? Uh, Not yet. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet either, but I couldn't get into WandaVision. Sorry. I just really? couldn't get through the first couple. Like, I don't I think, I know you have to get past the like, first couple episodes, and, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you, you're, you know, talking about you have to go through the first couple episodes, kind of get into it, but like in retrospect it's like oh man everything makes sense hey before i just wanted to give, do a quick shout out um someone's birthday is today arlene my sister have a birthday oh hey, happy, happy birthday, birthday. Happy, happy, birthday. happy birthday former roommate <laughs> that's right huh? that was a fun year and a half <laughs> we, had, we had lots of fun in that um in that household one quick question before we jump into what i was prompting about tv where'd you get your burrito La taqueria. Oh, and mission the mission. Mission, twenty uh, fifth and uh, Mission Street's uh, longstanding, uh, I guess USA's best burrito, as as a as deemed so by like five thirty eight dot com or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm more of a uh, Tecria Cancun guy myself. Oh, uh, hey, you like rice in your burrito? I, I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll shout out Taqueria Reynoso here in uh in Fruitvale or Fruitvale oh, no. Foothill in Oakland. Ben, what TV recommendation were you thinking of? Uh, well, right now, um, I just I'm like halfway into the show that just did its first season. Uh, it's called Invincible on mm, Amazon Prime. It's a comic right. book um adaptation, but it's really interesting and um. It actually has a wide variety of like characters that are like people of color and yeah. um, and it's really subverting a lot of the the things you think about like um, you know kind of the typical uh, comic book conventions and it's it's written by Robert Kirkman the guy who did The Walking Dead mm-hmm. um, but and then the actors that they have uh, playing the voices are are awesome so I'm like halfway into it it it's nuts uh, it's definitely an adult uh, show. Yeah, so, uh, or at least uh, you know, definitely be careful if you're letting your kids around because it's a cartoon. But it's definitely they'll be asking some weird questions about all the, <laughs> about all the blood um, if, if you let them watch. But uh, I know um, Steve Yuen from The Walking Dead uh, plays right. like the lead, and then um, uh, Sandra O oh plays his mom, and J.K. Uh, Simmons too, right? J.K. Simmons, yeah. I was, I was trying to remember his name. J.K. Simmons plays his dad. Um, Omni Man, like the kind of Superman-ish kind of guy. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. It's it's crazy good. <laughs> I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. yeah, I heard good things about it too. I read, I read. I think maybe the first few, the, maybe the first volume of that um, when I was in a Robert Kirkman kick in terms of writing or reading. Um, but I forgot a lot about it except for that the dad was a superhero and there's some other stuff. Is the is the lead character Hapa? Yes, yeah. Sandra uh, O plays his mom, and so uh, Papa like multiple ways because his dad is from like another planet, uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, but Sandra O plays his mom, and he's he's Asian American, um, and 
it, it's a trip. It, uh, the there are some really interesting like undertones of like colonialism and uh, they kind of just the way that characters talk. That I'm like yeah. my eight my you know ethnic studies background, uh, trying to study uh, background is like, dude, that that's like you know like it it switched off vibes in my head. I was like, oh okay, this is what they're kind of going for. Um, but you gotta watch to, be, to like kind of pick up on those cues. Uh, and I'm just liking the, the, the vibe so far. And it's got a lot cool. of, uh, it's got a ton of characters. Like, that's the one thing. A ton yeah. of characters. So it, it sounds like the, the spidey sense is tingling, but what would it, <laughs> what would you call it if it's kind of like ethnic studies sense, right? Like, no, it's just like the, the, the vibe of like, you know, the main, of like the Omni Man character's vibe is, you know, like, what if Superman was not necessarily, you know, just, like, super benevolent, but right. it had, had this weird, like, you know, like, think about it. This is the most powerful dude in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, who, how, how would that kind of person act in real life? Uh, yeah. In, or, like, a, a tele, a, you know, a cartoon series, uh, would they really be like Superman, uh, or would they be a little bit different, so... Cool. I need to check it out. It's it's been on my uh, know, been been on I my mean, list. The one thing, the one thing, like I used to think of myself as, like really, uh, attuned to like pop culture and like te- especially like television and movies and stuff, and like the amount of stuff that's out there now is just way too much for me to actually be able to keep up with any of it. And then yeah. you add the and I got three kids and a full time job. Kids. <laughs> then you're like, uh, well, maybe I don't have all that time. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I sporadically pick and choose stuff. And then sometimes, like, my wife and I will get on, like, a binge of just watching one show. Um, mm-hmm. And we're, we just caught up to uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. And that is nuts. That it I was is like, nuts. I read Handmaid's Tale in college. And um, I would not have thought of it the way that this – got put together because mm-hmm. my vibe is like oh it's just going to be like the current situation but they really put together a cool way of doing kind of the backstory of the characters and then how they are now in like their current situation that right that it makes it eerie especially like in today's america with like the huge divisions that we have going on across the country and you know um it it it's a little trippy uh watching yeah. some of the like seeing how some of the stuff happens and then add in like, Oh, we're in the middle of a pandemic where it's like science and we're not sure what's going on and everything like Yeah. Yeah. The Handmaid's Tale is really good. If you start watching it and you'll it kind of, uh, it kicks up a lot of like, you're like, Oh man, how far are we away from a dystopic kind of, um, yeah. a dystopic kind of a vibe happening to us now. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how you guys felt when like the pandemic, just started and mm-hmm. and uh all this stuff was i all i know is like my my mind i i raced through a lot of these like things and like i ended up consuming a ton of like dystopic uh <laughs> type of, of media just because i was like like i don't know it, it helps me like understand how this is going on in, in like comics and other stuff and books uh and movies but uh yeah, this like the handmade so similar ways. Like, oh, this is really interesting just to see like how this writer envisions it. Like mm-hmm. 
society breaking down and turning to something like this because of, you know, in, in this instance, it's the handmaid's tale, like women aren't having babies at the same rate. Where yeah. Only a certain amount of women are, are having babies. So what would happen if that were to take place? Yeah, yeah season three was excellent. I mean, it, it, everything <laughs> is really good. Season one was amazing. And that, I felt like that really hit because of the previous administration and all of the all of the stuff that was happening like um politically right and that hella hit and then you know season two was also really good and then season three was like really really good and no i think we're halfway in through season four right now and it's a lot of the stuff that they've been building towards have certainly been paying off um yeah i, I think i watched last night i watched maybe like two and a half episodes like really late and i was like i gotta keep going i gotta keep going <laughs> but then i guess like it they release it weekly so now i gotta like wait yeah until next wednesday or something yeah netflix messed us up when they just dropped um the whole seasons and you expect you could, like you'd you've come to uh expect or um you're entitled to like stream to to um binging it but then these other release schedules is like oh yeah that's that's right this is how we had to do it way back when <laughs> i mean i i appreciate the weekly releases because you can kind of like sit with it right yeah. like you can rewatch scenes like there was a time when mad men was out and i loved that show and then i would watch it once just to kind of like see what was happening then i would mm. check twitter and then i would watch it again and then just like really look into the craft like the editing and like mm. how they structured the stuff ben i don't know I, i'm not sure if you know but i'm essentially like I, I went to school for film and you know awesome you know like so i'm like an aspiring still aspiring like you know director or filmmaker or whatever right so all the stuff was really, really interesting to me, and particularly how like Mad Men was like at the top of its at the top of the game at that point, right? So then I would watch it and just kind of be like, okay, cool, this is what they're doing with the character, this is what they're doing with the scene, and I would really look into the craft of like filmmaking at that point. Um, so I mean, and then you know, with Netflix coming out and you can just binge it. That was also really, really cool because like, oh, you can knock it out in a day. But then like when you want to talk to someone about it, right? Like, for example, like John and I would talk a lot of, a lot about video, like uh, TV shows and movies and stuff. But he's like, if he didn't finish a series yet, like I had to like, had to like bite my tongue until he finished it so I could actually talk. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of nice going back to like the weekly release schedule and we'd be like, oh, dude, right what did you think of this or you know like in fact um on apple tv plus there's like a uh for all mankind it's a mm. show by uh ronald moore who used to do Battlestar Galactica. yes <laughs> right and um so like season two just finished and i was like i was talking with my friend Dave and I was like, Dave, have you finished it yet? Have you finished it yet? And I had like, there was some like stuff that I really wanted to talk about, but he's like, and then the other day he was just like, oh, I just finished it. So then like at 11 30 PM, we were just having like a text thread 
about <laughs> like what was really great, what I had issues with, and we, you know, yeah. just you know. So, but then at at that time when I was like when I first finished it, I was just like, dude, I need to talk to somebody about this. It's 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 the one thing I'm really not appreciating about the the ability to have all these shows and drop quickly is is the fact that you're losing the the chance to have the social interaction with other people about it, and it's you know. And the pandemic hasn't helped in that, um, you know, now we're socially isolated from each other. And then you get all these two shows uh, that you can watch, but like binge and, and, or not know where somebody else is at. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you're losing that, that ability to, to, to both be on the same page about it and talk about it and kind of understand like, Oh, what did you pick up on, on that? Or the, right. or just the fact like, like, dude, we just saw this really cool episode of, of television and, and like, like, what did you think? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like I like when when um, Game of Thrones was going on the last season. That was like awesome to have. Um, you know, it, I mean, the last season wasn't great, but the the whole idea of like as a as a collective community of people who are watching a show, there was something super cool about like being able to all have a similar language. Everyone understands yeah. the same thing we're sharing this together and we can, and, and we can kind of vibe and enjoy it. And I mean, um, I don't know if you, you got the email or the Facebook post, my wife and I actually set up a death pool of, of during that awesome. final season. We set up a death pool. Um, <laughs> uh, I think for charity, uh, uh, but like, it was like, okay, we know a bunch of people are going to die this season. Uh, you know, we, we, we put down as many of the characters as possible. And then, you know, kind of gave points each week based on like who died and who lived at the end of the, at the end of the season. It was just, it was great because we had like 30 or 40 people who jumped in, um, you know, we we're giving like a weekly update and it, uh, it was just a fun experience to like know that, oh, everybody else is also watching this at the same time, which means if I call them, we'll have like something very similar to talk about or can at least bounce each other, bounce ideas off of right. each other. And that's like, that's the one thing that I know, like, we're not having anymore. Like, you know, mm -hmm. so much content, so much information, and like, people are not able to share like similar information or similar content with each other because, and even with like, some of the you know some of the woke movements and things that uh, you know like, all the movements that are taking place right now, which are great, but people are in on such different footings with each other that it doesn't allow for us to have you know conversations where people don't feel like they're you know either either they don't want to say something because they feel like the other person knows way more than them right. or like you don't know where the other person stands because you're not sure how much you know how how down they are or whatever um mm -hmm. so for for me like who's a child of of television and a child of like media uh growing up like you know that's how i it became indoctrinated into like u.s culture you know as as a, as a child of immigrants it's like Right. you know uh seeing what was on television you know kind of understanding you know the 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 kind of 8 p.m to, 11, to 10 p.m you know hours of television right where when everybody was watching and you could the next day you know you chop it up with your friends at school you know uh wonder years i think wonder years was like <laughs> was shows like especially when at, at that age when it was coming out i think my friends and i were all like 10 11 12 and yeah. it was like, oh man, did you see what happened with with him? Or, or, or you know, it was just like 
you could talk about it the next day, but it was also like everybody everybody had the same same language to talk about it. And yeah, you know, I wish some of that stuff was still around. That's why I that's why I was glad to have shows like Game of Thrones that were weekly and they don't they don't give them to you immediately. Uh, now that I'm caught up with Handmaid's Tale, it's cool. You know, each week you can kind of dissect it and understand it. And then um, my son and I really like Ted Lasso. And that oh, one's great. That's least, really great. Week to week. They don't give it all to you at once. And um, so we can watch it week to week. And, you know, it's a show he likes. He's only 10. Uh, but it's a show we can watch together. Uh, you know, at nowadays, it's really hard to find shows that are that we can watch together that, that one of us isn't frustrated by something of the other one other than like yeah. some of the superhero stuff, but, uh, which we do. I mean, like, we'll watch like the superhero stuff that, that, that pops up for Marvel and everything, but like, I can't show him invincible because <laughs> it's way too, way too gory and violent, but shows like that week to week, we could actually talk about it and have something yeah. to say. Uh, yeah. and, and it just gives us something like, Oh, we're, we can look forward to this together. Um, which I, I really like because it's just, you know, there are fewer, there are fewer and fewer things where multiple, you know, people can have that same level of excitement for something just because, mm-hmm. just because that media is just thrown out there now, um, because there's so much of it, everybody's competing for the, for the wavelength. Um, and, yeah. uh, that's I, I sure. it. <laughs> it's hard. That's, that's why it's hard for me to catch up. So you're talking about like catching up and talking about something Anton finished like the leftover season, the series on HBO, like, you know, when it ended, but I finally watched it just like a couple months ago and had no one to talk to about it. And I was talking to Anton about it, but it's been so long. So that the, the details are like the know, shelf forgotten. It expired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was um, just like, Hey, what happened again? Can you remind yeah. me? And then he was just kind of like, and then like the, the text thread just kind of like fizzled out and I was just yeah. like, Oh man. But <laughs> I remember when we were talking, when you had finished it and you're just like, Oh man, it's so, it's so like, it's so funny. Like it's so dark, but the the funny mm-hmm. parts just make you like so elated. <laughs> like whenever the funny part comes up, and, and yeah. I was just like, oh man, I think it's time for a rewatch. But then again, so then stuff. like you said, like there's so <laughs> much <laughs> stuff that's already you'll, you'll really, fall really behind good. on something else that's out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I was like, oh, I would love to rewatch this even like Game of Thrones, like I would love to go back and just kind of like put myself back into the position when I was like really, really super into it. And, you know, I remember just like shutting off all social media on Sundays just until like I finished Game of Thrones and then I could just turn everything back on and then I could just like, you know, just to avoid spoilers. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, those were good times, man. I just want to do some rewatching, but there's already so much good stuff. And you know, like the good thing about like this pandemic was there was no sports. So that is like one thing that I wasn't viewing during yeah. over the last year, you know? Um, so then that also gave me more time to, I don't know, do other stuff, right? Like yeah. play video games, do some reading of news or like catch up on other shows and, mm-hmm. you know, hang out with kids, you know, with, with the kids, right? <laughs> Um, so it was kind of nice to just kind of like, um, deconnect from sports for a little while, um, just to kind of get some other sort of stimulation, you know, what up Albert? Hey, I, I just joined because I wanted to be included in the 
screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> I need to think so of Albert screenshot. Is, Albert is uh, one of my closest friends. Um, so most recently, we were at Hulu uh, together. Um, and he Wait. stayed there. <laughs> and then he's now in um, in Seattle. Microsoft, yeah. I, I oh. think we mostly did it for the lulls because we look alike and I, I don't think we look alike, but everyone thinks we look alike. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And we'd always get uh, Miss Asian for each other. So I just got used to being called Anton. Like, oh, hey, Anton. Hey. <laughs> you're Asian and your, your name start with A, so of course. <laughs> exactly. It was it was really fun just like having the CEO like Miss Asian us. <laughs> Are you watching anything right now, Al? Uh, I just finished Mayans. Uh, it's like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> um, it was oh, so is that is that the Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, basically. Uh, and that was, uh, anarchy, like, yeah. yeah. The, the I mean, we were we were definitely in the Sons of Anarchy back <laughs> yeah. in the day for sure. Um, no, I, I I think no one wanted to give Mayans a chance, but um, I was so happy that it got renewed for <laughs> another season. Um, this was the season that Kurt Sutter stopped being the showrunner. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of cool. He was like, uh, I think his uh, paraphrasing, but he's like, oh, it's time for the white guy to leave the writer's room. You know what I mean? Oh. Um, so um, I think Elgin James is the the showrunner or like the head writer. Um, he helped like kind of create it with Kurt Sutter. But um, no, yeah, it, it's it's also like thematically, it felt different too. You know what I mean? Because like Kurt has his like style and yeah. So it was like, oh man, it's like, it's almost like a new show. So it's cool nice uh and aside from the lakers that's it really that's, that's all i have time for <laughs> congrats on that um play-in victory that was a good game though that was a good game oh. yeah, like just imagine that as a seven game series Oof. yeah the ratings on that was crazy it was like Did a wednesday too right it was like the highest rated game on espn since 2019 i mean you know 2020 was off but like still that's a pretty big Dude, you have like LeBron and and Steph like in a playing game, dude. That's that must have been like Adam Silver's like wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean those are the two people driving ratings, right? Like it's Steph and LeBron. I'm not sure who else is in, in the NBA is driving ratings regularly for national games. Maybe the Nets. Yeah, the Nets, Knicks. Oh, the Knicks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Knicks are good this year, right? I'm cool for a, a, a Wizards run in the East. <laughs> Wait, so it was John Wall the whole time. <laughs> really? No, so the, the Wizards the are eight, right? Yeah, they got eight last night. They got eight last night. I like Russ. He gets slandered a lot, but I like Russ. I he, was slandering him too, but I, 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 I backtracked <laughs> on that. He plays like one speed, max power, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Like now that he's with Washington, like yeah, <laughs> now that he's out of the Western Conference, I stand. I'll stand. Yeah, I've eased up on James Harden too since he's on on the Rockets. <laughs> too. <laughs> as long as they get out of the conference, I remember I was like that with Shaq too. Like once he left the Lakers and he went to the Heat, I was like, okay, I like him. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> Did, like you don't realize, like you kind of forget that. He went to the Cavs. He went to Boston. I he know, went to dude. Phoenix at one point. Like, mm -hmm. oh man, 
I, I thought he just went to the heat and won again and then like kind of rode into the sunset but like he bounced around after tried to extend that lifeline on this possible syndication rights yeah and like it's weird they, he always talks about how he never touched his basket he still hasn't touched his basketball money like he like he just lives uh, off all his endorsements the pop yeah John. The general, the general insurance. Yeah, <laughs> that's where all the money is, right? I mean, when they get big, is it endorsement? I thought it was all your Kushnikin's money. What's that? I thought it was always like Kushnikin's money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Uh, yeah, don't get royalties off that, right? He had he had a good representation on AEW, the wrestling show. Um, he, you know, he he fell through a table, which is you know pretty legit for uh, an old dude, huh? <laughs> no, he was on the he was on the apron and he got kicked and then he fell into the the um the tables, and he's alive. So you know, he did they've all, like they've all been showing. Like Snoop was on there recently too, right? Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Snoop Maybe. was on there. Snoop did a um uh a flying splash that someone caught him, and he's it, an old dude too, man. It did not look good, <laughs> and, not, and not athletic. <laughs> he's alive. He's he's good. <laughs> he didn't feel he didn't feel anything so <laughs> i mean I, I was watching that corona commercial with snoop and he was like uh-huh. walking and from the back dude like his i don't know man he just looks really old uncle snoop. i mean uncle snoop he's gonna be grandpa snoop next oh, right he's like five years older than this right i mean if we're assuming we're all same same age that was so random that zoe uh was that she showed up in one of the commercials like pitching corona uh zoe from guardians yeah zadana saldana? oh zoe saldana yeah i was like that's, wow, that's really? a random pairing her and snoop like take that alcohol money nowadays yeah <laughs> that's the center stage money isn't hitting <laughs> <laughs> maybe the Marvel stage? cut wasn't that great. <laughs> so yeah, you gotta, you gotta set that up out of all those people. <laughs> the losers, I mean, you know, that was a fun, that was a fun movie. It took her a while. It took her it took her a while to hit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, before I, really... my eyes, I watched Falcon. Uh, oh yeah. 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 That was that was the thing. It kind of missed us like th- Thursday midnight, staying up till midnight. <laughs> The midnight showings of those shows? Disney yeah. Plus shows. That that was we, like we Mandalorian too, right? Mandalorian always released on a Friday. Yeah, apparently they're moving Loki up like a day earlier or something. Hmm. Uh, so Wednesday. yeah. Wednesdays. I think so. Yeah, those are, I I couldn't get away with that. My uh, my kids were like, like, you have to watch with us, and so we made it like a, a appointment television for our our whole family to watch, like on Friday Ooh. nights. So it was cool. It was actually really fun. They 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 really get into the Marvel stuff, um, you know, and super enjoy watching the shows. And, uh, I think they were a little bit like, "What's going on with like WandaVision? Um, mm. But then as soon as it like kicked in with some of the other stuff, they they totally bought into it. We're digging it, but um, but they, I think they really appreciate the variety of some of the stuff. That's you know the how the shows are different from each other, um, but. Uh, I think they just like the world that it is, that it inhabits, right? It's got all these like variety of characters and stuff, and I think they're just happy to to have content <laughs> coming to them, especially after like the year we've had. Um, yeah. 
my daughter's really looking forward to Black Widow. She's super mm. excited to see, you know, another female character have her own. So it, I think Marvel just gives, you know, them an opportunity to, you know, like super strong, you know, ladies kicking butt and that uh, lets her, let's her, let's her imbue that mm-hmm. part, of, part of her world too. <laughs> hey, Albert, shout out to um, Esme's shirt. Uh it said like habitual line stepper on, on her, on her t-shirt. So that was, um, yeah, she's <laughs> three ager right now. She does uh, fuck your couch all the time to me. <laughs> she's, Oh, I think we hit like that sweet spot. She's the worst right now. <laughs> Exert like exerting independence. Um, like it's an automatic. No. Hey, can you not nah. like what? what? Like you didn't even let me finish <laughs> my request um yeah it feels like i'm a cop sometimes like can you please comply i'm asking you to comply <laughs> um, she is all right we should say we should we should say peace out right now because i think we're gonna get cut off but thank you thank you for um, taking spending your lunch time with us